Welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music education and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Thursday, January 25th, 2018. This is episode 218, When Learning Ends. There are few things sadder in this world than a person who ceases to learn. Take, for example, a person that you may know who has the following schedule, or we can just say, the following life. They work in a nine to five job that they do not enjoy. It's the type of job that doesn't use a ton of, we'll just call it brain activity. It's monotonous in nature. And the person wakes up in the morning and perhaps there's someone who's not an early riser. They're sleeping as long as they can, rushing out the door, stressed in traffic, work their nine to five job. They come home and maybe have some dinner, sit down on the couch, stare at the TV or go on their phone, on a computer, on something that is, for lack of a better word, mindless. Something that doesn't require them to really think about much of anything. And we'll even go one step further. The type of show they're watching is one that is far from educational. One that's not doing anything to get the brain waves flowing. And the next day, they do it again. And the next day, they do it again. And they continue to do this five out of the seven days a week. And if they're not making enough money one of those nights or two of those nights or several of those nights as well as days over the weekend they might be working a second job that has a similar situation to the first not much thinking going on or perhaps we'll take someone who's extremely successful. Perhaps someone who is an excellent accountant or someone who works with finances. They're great with numbers. And they have the type of position 
perhaps they're the VP of a company making 160000 a year. Similar hours. Similar routine. Similar weekends. The difference with their weekends is that their weekends are filled with entertainment. Entertainment in the form of action movies. Entertainment in the form of activities, again, that don't require much brain function. Is there really much of a difference between the two? There isn't. And to me, that's when learning ends. And people find themselves in this monotonous situation. People who are successful. Well, how successful are you exactly if you're not happy? How successful are you if you're working at a job that pays you very little and you have the skill set to try to find another job and you don't, or you're working in a job that we wouldn't necessarily even say is a dream job, but it may be one of those jobs in the upper echelon of positions out there. And you have financial security. Do things really change? For the second example, the person who now has three weeks of vacation time, the person who's able to go to an island where perhaps even fewer brain cells are working. Several years ago, I was in a situation in my life where I knew I needed to make a change. And the way that I knew this was being in a position where I truly believed it was a dream situation. It wasn't going to get any better. And so many components of my life were very, very happy. I was essentially in charge, in charge of most of the stages of an instrumental music program and a very successful one at that. The results were there. The numbers were big. The groups played well. The students were happy. So was the community. And so was administration. And I was doing this day after day. And the joy of being able to make 
tremendous, tremendous music with students of all ages. What a great feeling. Except I realized one day I didn't know what was going on in the world. I didn't know anything that was going on around me. Sports? Sure, I could tell you a lot about sports. But are sports reality? And that's a really good question. That's not something we're going to get into today. But if you get down to sports, it's entertainment. And if you remove sports from your life, your life will be just fine. You will move on. So then the question becomes, well, what is important then? And how do we learn? Well, you could certainly continue to learn in sports if you are perhaps watching videos and analyzing different players and comparing stats and trying to figure out things that really push your brain and what's interesting about that is that a lot of the things where you're learning reaches new heights you're not paid for those things they're things that you do on your own and it takes time well anyway here I am working in in this fantastic position and I realized one day it was monotony and I was putting in a lot of hours and there was part of me that said wow this is really an incredible situation it's never going to get any better than this and then it hit me one day I wasn't really as happy as I thought I was and I was doing the same exact things over and over yes there were a lot of very happy people I was making a lot of other people happy in so many ways but I also noticed even though I would not do the same music over and over because there have been a lot of uh, directors out there, a lot of musicians who will pick the same music over and over. And they'll use the same pieces, quite honestly, because they work well. And while I was challenging myself in that regard, the challenge of taking a score and memorizing it and challenging myself in that way, I started to even realize that I wasn't progressing enough. It had been years since I'd taken a class in graduate school or at the graduate level which is, a, is an issue in and of itself for me because of the type of learner I am and 
I have always been the type of person who uh, I'm not very good when it comes down to an assignment where I have to read 400 pages and then write a 15-page paper. I, I don't do well with that stuff. I don't do well with that stuff because too often when I've been assigned that type of material, I have viewed it far too often as being busy work, and I do not like doing busy work. I also don't like learning material that I know I'm not going to apply to what I do. I don't have anything against learning it if it's going to make me a better person and be able to take that information and offer it in to others because I do have a gift for being able to teach, but not when I'm learning, for example, 13th century music history. It's not that it's not important. The thing is, is it going to really come up that often when I'm teaching a middle school band? I really think not. Now, something like that could be extremely useful for other people in other positions and in other situations. Not so much for a lot of the things that I was doing at the time and things I'm even doing today. And here I am in this position and I'm, and I'm going to work every day and it's the same old thing and my weekends were very, very similar and I wasn't active and I just found myself just in this cycle. But here was where the epiphany came. And it was a very sobering and extremely unfortunate moment because I attended a music conference and I, I got to the point where I wasn't going to music conferences as often. Guilty as charged. I certainly should have gone to the, uh, more of them. And, and I think one of the reasons was because I went to a few conferences that quite honestly... Uh, the clinics and the clinicians were not up to uh, up to the standards that I had been used to in previous years. Plus, I was also at quite a few conferences. I was a clinician myself, and the amount of preparation involved didn't allow me to enjoy some of the clinics that were out there. And I attended this one clinic, and I simply, I don't remember the exact year. I want to say it was about 10 years ago. And I do know who the clinicians were, and I don't want to say who they were, because, again, I'm not very big into uh, promoting people unless I know I've spoken about them in advance. I don't do that too often. But I will say that it was uh, by two clinicians who are extremely, extremely um, well-regarded in the uh, in the the world of instrumental music, and they came from a uh, renowned uh, college of music. And I remember going to this clinic, and it was one of those things where I started hearing some things that were completely radically different from what I was doing in the classroom and what my colleagues were doing in the classroom. So different, in fact, that it was a type of thing that if I were to start doing 
these completely different changes, a total 180 from what I was used to and my colleagues were used to in our district, it would require everyone to get on board. I would not be able to do this just on my own because you would have half of the students learning one thing, half the students learning another. It would not have been a good situation. But the clinic was compelling. It was different. And it was at that point that I started to say to myself, you know, maybe I can learn. Maybe I can actually do this thing where I continue to learn about things and I don't have to necessarily take a graduate level class to do so. And it wasn't even just about music. It was about life. And I remember I left this conference and I was so excited I was so elated. I couldn't wait to get back to my district. And ironically enough, we had a professional development day in which all of the music staff got together. And I remember sitting down with my colleagues and it was only, it was about a week later. And I, I sat down and I was excited. I said, listen, I know this is probably going to catch you off guard and this is going to be very out of the box. Just hear me out. Now, keep in mind, these colleagues of mine did not attend any conferences ever. They just simply didn't. One of them never attended a conference in his entire life. And the other ones, it had been forever and a day. And I remember looking at them. And giving them all these different things. And I just simply said, I just think it would be good to try it. And if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. We can just go back to what we had been doing. If it's a complete abysmal failure. And I remember the reaction. And they looked at me like I had three heads. And told me, absolutely not. This isn't happening. This is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Because here's what was going on. Similar to me, they were in a comfort zone and everything was fine. And they were already well into the, the part of their lives that so many of, of so many people around the world get into this rut where you get into the same old routine every single day. And that's exactly where my colleagues were and where I was as well. And they refused. They said, absolutely not. And it was at that point I said to myself, you know, this isn't, this is not a good situation. It's not a good situation for me. It's not a good situation for me because I am surrounded by people that who I know are not going to change. And they don't have a desire to learn new 
skills and to test themselves and to keep up on events that were going on around the world, really important things going on in the world that were affecting education, that were going to have an impact on the arts. And I was devastated. And I finally made the decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to continue to learn anyway. And I started to realize more and more that as I would share this with my colleagues, they would listen, but they really weren't interested. They weren't interested in the new things that I had to talk about. They weren't interested in the new concepts, and I just kept it to myself after after a while. I said, you know what, this is it's it's too bad, but I'm not going to waste my breath if I know that I'm dealing with people who are not willing to even open their mind for a moment and say, hey, this idea is better. And I took it to lengths that I never envisioned in a million years. I took it to the lengths of all the academic subjects, all the areas where I hadn't done well over the years. And I started tackling the history of the United States, the history of the world, and things that I didn't learn in school. It wasn't that I didn't learn them in school because I wasn't paying attention, although that is true. It was mainly because we didn't learn them. Forget about just world history, United States history. How about music history? There's only so much you can learn in college. You're in college for four years. There's only so much music history you can take. And in that time, there's only so much you can cover. You can't cover everything. And more often than not, you're going to be learning things, playing to the strengths of your instructors. And as things turned out, there was this gigantic void from Bach to Beethoven. My goodness, what a void that is. That's a pretty big void when you're going from Bach to Beethoven. And there was so much material that I needed to learn. And when I'm talking about Bach, I'm not talking about the end of Bach's life either. I'm talking about 1600. I'm talking about years before Bach was even born and just the Baroque era as a whole and a good chunk of the classical period. I had a lot of catching up to do. And catch up, I did. And this started to progress and it started to go into other things and other areas. Math, I didn't have to worry so much about math. Math had always been a, a very strong subject for me. But I found myself reading more. I hated to read. I couldn't stand reading when I was growing up. Ugh. There were a few things that repulsed me more. And the big 
event that happened to me and the things that the thing that changed it all was Mount Rushmore. Because one day I woke up and I said, okay, I've lived a pretty full life and I have this, these bucket list items. I have never been outside the United States. I'll say that again. I have never left the United States ever, not once. And I was toying with taking a trip to Europe or going to the Caribbean, a cruise, South America, Canada. I haven't even been to Canada. And I was thinking about all these different places that I can go. And then I, it occurred to me. Since I had been five years old, I had always been awestruck by Mount Rushmore. And I said, I, I have to go there. And I'm not flying. I don't like flying anymore. Be the first to say it. <laughs> and uh, I have really no desire to get into a plane at all if I can help it. And then one of the big, biggest reasons is because when you get to the site... A lot of the things and the, the comforts that you need, you don't have with you because of the fact that you need to compress a bajillion things into this small case, which is now build whatever ridiculous amount it is by the airlines. And I had no interest. And the idea of, of getting into my car and seeing the United States was just breathtaking to me. And in 2015, I did it. And then I did it again the following year. And I didn't see Mount Rushmore once. I went twice. One of the only places I went to twice. And I got to experience so many other things along the way. And I learned so much about the country and about the history of the country. How is this for an angle? How about this angle? How about being in so many red states and just listening to the people when they would have conversations about the upcoming presidential election in 2016? You can watch as much as you want on YouTube. You could listen to CNN. You can take in all the news that you want and no one unless they did it themselves will ever be able to share that experience that I had being able to speak with a store owner in South Dakota or Wyoming or in the middle of Yellowstone and have a conversation about what's going on in the world. And I can tell you this much, in a lot of places where I went, there are not many Hillary supporters, which is fine. But I can tell you where I traveled, almost everyone wanted change. They wanted something different. They wanted someone different. And they really made compelling arguments. 
And it was just fascinating taking it all in. So, I, I say to my students all the time, when does learning end? And as I said to my students recently, I am a teacher and I can teach you all different types of things, but ultimately I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a guide for you. If you want to study journalism, I can steer you in the right direction. I can't make you the greatest journalist, but I can certainly give you pointers on things you can start doing now. And I can do that in just about any field. But when it comes to music, I can give you a lot of direction. Because I have a lot of experience and I've had a lot of different roles in my life as a player, as a director, as a teacher. When you stop learning, though, and you get into that cycle, the same cycle over and over and over, and it never changes, and I go to my job, and I'm not that happy with it, and maybe I might be kind of happy with it, and the people are kind of okay, and the job annoys me at times, and I'm like my boss sometimes, and I don't like him at other times, and then at the end of the day, I, I go home, and maybe I'm happy, but maybe I'm not, and I do things that I, I'm not really that excited about, and then Friday night, I decide that I need to go out to a club to just get my mind off of everything, and I may consume a few drinks, or whatever it is that I need to do to relax and get my mind off of everything, and then Saturday and Sunday comes along, and then the next thing you know, you got to start the weekend, and it's just a cycle, Or you can do something different. Which is precisely what I've been doing for many years now. And I do it because I want to be the best teacher I can for my students at all times. I try to study as much as I can. And why? Because we're in the middle of the, this incredible age of information. It's in your pocket. It's available at all times. And I say to students, you want to be a baseball player? Well, you better be able to tell me about Lou Gehrig. You better be able to tell me what number he was. You better be able to tell me why he was that particular number. And his batting average and the home runs that he had. And the day of his farewell speech at Yankee Stadium and the words of that speech. You're going to be a baseball player. You should know everything about baseball. Everything. And you have no excuse to say, well, I don't know. I have nowhere to look. That's, that's nonsense. It's right there. It's in front of you. 
And as one of my colleagues said to me, here we have these incredibly powerful $700 devices in the palm of our hands, sitting in our pockets, and what are we doing with them? We're playing silly games. Guilty as charged. Because I am addicted to some of the bowling games on here, and I hate bowling. I can't stand it, but some of the games I'm addicted to. But I don't spend four hours a day playing them. Or social media. Also, guilty as charged. In my defense, though, when I use my social media, I do try to use it in an educational way. I do try to learn. I never, never try to get hung up at all with gossipy stuff. Ugh. And that's something that I've never been into whatsoever, the gossip. Who cares? I couldn't possibly care less about all of these quote-unquote important people. They put on their pants, they, they dress, they go to the bathroom, they sleep the same way as the rest of us. They're not better. They're not different. Well, they're different, all right. But this monotony, and this monotony is what causes the brain to just die. I've seen it happen too often. I've seen it with relatives. It makes me really sad when I know that they find themselves not making any attempt to learn anything whatsoever. And they just watch mindless nonsense on TV. They do mindless activities. Things that don't stimulate the brain. Learning cannot just end when school ends. Learning has to continue for a lifetime. Because as the saying goes, are you you part of the solution? Because if you're not part of the solution, then you're the problem. And you're not what is making this world a better place to live in. After all, isn't that the reason we're all here? Isn't it to hopefully be able to make some type of an impact, some type of a difference in this world in some way, shape, or form? And if it means that you are raising a family, then God bless you. And I think that that's tremendous. And hopefully you're putting your all into that. And it might require you to learn things and to learn skills that you didn't have before. And gain knowledge you didn't learn. And that's great parenting. Great parenting is not, well, I provide for my children. Provide what? Food? That's expected. Provide shelter? That's expected. Provide an iPad where they sit there and stare at it for nine hours and they're not using it for, to its maximum capacity? The greatest indictment of all I can give when it comes to any of the iTechnology, the Apple technology, is, 
is and has been every situation I've been in the classroom in the last seven years where I've asked students to tell me how well they know the program GarageBand and they look at me as if they've never heard of it before because they haven't because the app was on their phone or it was on their iPad or it was on the computer and it was quote unquote taking up space so they deleted it. I mean, you got to be kidding me. One of the most powerful music programs and one of the greatest music programs ever created And I do not like Apple things at all, but there's nothing on the PC or on Android devices that compares at all to GarageBand. I have to give, you know, credit where credit is due. And I have these kids that they have this powerful tool that they can learn so much and they can learn about musical instruments and they can learn about different types of beats. and, And there's so much, obviously, you can do with this amazing program. And instead, they're, they're playing silly games. And they're doing other things on their phones. It's sad. It's unfortunate. And that's where the learning stops. One of my greatest moments this year was the day that I said to my students... You know, you're just using a lot of your phones for just stupid stuff. And I challenge you, I challenge you to think about the thing that you would like to do at some point in your life. Maybe you're not definitely going to to pursue it as a career, but you might. And think about whatever it is that you want to do. And tell me, and I can guide you and I'll show you everything that you can use that phone for and steer you in the right direction. No greater feeling than the three students who showed up to my room after school, all with different thoughts, and they came in very apprehensive because... I think they were a little bit overwhelmed, scared, terrified, uh, ashamed that they didn't know more. And we quickly got past that and we went to work. And the student who does want to pursue music for a living, now she's taking the steps she needs to. And she knows that I'm going to give her as much as I possibly can, and she's going to need to work hard. And this isn't going to be about a grade. And this isn't going to be about any of that. It's going to be about learning. It's going to be about getting better and showing you the ways that you can get better without always needing my help or anyone else's help and guiding you and steering you in the right direction direction? Or how about the student who has an amazing YouTube channel? I couldn't believe it when he showed it to me. Yet he knows so little about computer programming. And I've already gotten started on that as well. 
and gave him some pointers of things that he, that, that he can do. Or the other student who's so incredibly passionate about a, a few particular music groups. And I said to her, you know, it's, these are not the only groups out there. And they were inspired by these groups. And they, their music style is, a lot of their songs are very, very similar. And if you compare them with this particular group, they're going to notice that the songwriting uh, is different. This is the learning. And again, there's no assignment going on in class here. This cookie-cutter nonsense that is our education system right now. One of the reasons I love being a performing arts instructor is just this reason. Is the ability to be able to cover so many different areas and be able to answer so many questions. But never in a million years do I think of myself music first. And I say that all the time. Teacher first, music second. And to the teachers out there who are listening to this, you need to be the beacons of light. You need to be the ones that the student can go to and you can give them some direction. And if you don't have those answers, you're going to research yourself and get the answers and give them the direction they need because they're depending on you. The world is depending on you. The world is depending on them because our world right now, I don't know what the heck is going on, but I can tell you right now, the focus is on nothing good. When we're living in a country right now where the idea of learning has taken such a back seat to the amount of money we have invested in our our de- defense and and all the prospects associated with war, it's scary. It's terrifying. And we're not learning. There's no learning going on when you're fighting another country, when you're fighting other people. There's no education involved there. Because even with something like mixed martial arts, MMA, or, geez, even the WWE with wrestling, there is some creativity that's involved there. You're having to use some brain cells to do that. Scripted or not. But not when you're fighting another country. Think about it. And think about making even the slightest change. And just research things that you didn't know before. Find out what you've always wanted to know and pursue some type of passion. You don't need to take a class to do that. Although there are a lot of wonderful classes you could take at a community college that could be very inexpensive where more often than not there are some 
terrific instructors out there who can provide the guidance. As always, I hope that this episode has been helpful to you. Hopefully you'll be inspired, you'll be motivated to take your learning to heights that you've never reached before and continue to explore things so your overall mental well-being and and, and that component of your health just gets better and better and stronger and stronger. Believe me, I can attest to it. My growth as a person, as a human being, and my overall health is superior to what it was years ago. And I credit all of that to the fact that my desire to learn and this quest to constantly uh, quench my thirst for education, it's, it's just constantly there. Please subscribe to uh, my, my podcast. Uh, check out the other episodes, of course. If you have any comments, please contact me. As I mentioned in my, my last uh, podcast, uh, I was uh, contacted and I'm in the process of negotiating the possibility of bringing the podcast to uh, YouTube and uh, producing it in not just, it would continue in an audio format on SoundCloud and iTunes, but we'd also be bringing it to YouTube and possibly any other types of video platforms. Uh, it was extremely exciting to, and I don't want to say who it is yet, as I said before, but for this person to reach out to me that they enjoyed my, my podcast a great deal and uh, would like to uh, explore that possibility. So we'll see what happens uh, moving down the road here. Thank you as always for tuning in and keep on learning.